Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Christ Concerned About the Will of God and Not Human Desires, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Welcome to our extended summer series titled, What We Need to Know or Reaffirm. Our summer series is sourced in 1st and 2nd Peter. Last week, in our episode titled, Christ Concerned About the Will of God and Not Human Desires, Part 1, October 30th, we examined 1st Peter, Chapter 3, Verse 18. It is a very powerful study that shows us just where we are in our salvation. While we are free of the guilt of sin, free of the judgment of sin, free of eternal damnation, we are not free of Satan and his trying to demean us into sinful ways here in this life on earth. His temptations are always there, directed at us. We need to learn that we do not have to succumb to this treatment by Satan. After all, those of us who are saved in Christ, he is our head now and we are spiritually powerful because of him and the Holy Spirit in us. For the complete thought, we will reread verse 17. We will continue through the end of the chapter, including verses 1 and 2 in chapter 4. This subject continues into chapter 4 through verse 6. In continuing this study this week, we will press forward as Scripture reads, For it is better to suffer for doing good, if God wills it, than for doing evil. Because Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, to bring you to God, by being put to death in the flesh, but by being made alive in the Spirit. In it he went and preached to the spirits in prison. After they were disobedient long ago, when God patiently waited in the days of Noah, as an ark was being constructed, in the ark a few, that is eight souls, were delivered through water. And this prefigured baptism, which now saves you, not the washing off of physical dirt, but the pledge of a good conscience to God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who went into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and powers subject to him. So, since Christ suffered in the flesh, you also arm yourselves with the same attitude because the one who has suffered in the flesh has finished with sin, in that he spends the rest of his time on earth concerned about the will of God and not human desires. From 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 17 through chapter 4, verse 2. We will start in verse 19. To maintain context and clarity of thought, we will reread verse 18. 
Our study this week, however, will start in verse 19. These two verses read, Because Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, to bring you to God, by being put to death in the flesh, but by being made alive in the Spirit. In it he went and preached to the spirits in prison, after they were disobedient long ago, when God patiently waited in the days of Noah, as an ark was being constructed. In the ark a few, that is eight souls, were delivered through water. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18-20 through 20. Notice how Christ went into, quote, prison, end quote, as this verse range reads, to preach. Why would he do that? Let us look at commentary for both verses 19 and 20 to answer that question. By which also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. The facts stated are, 1. That Christ put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, went and preached. 2. This preaching of Christ in the Spirit was two spirits. 3. Those spirits were in prison. The Greek word phulake, used for prison, denotes a place of custody, not a place of punishment. Note, it said, a place of custody, not a place of punishment which hell is clearly. 4. These spirits at one time were disobedient. This states why they were held in prison. 5. The time of their disobedience is stated. It was while the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Explained the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. They had then refused to obey the call to repentance. It is stated in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, that the long-suffering of God waited 120 years. This difficult passage has been given two interpretations. The more common view is that Jesus, after his suffering, during the interval between his resurrection, went without the body in a spirit form to the antediluvian and preached to them. If this view is correct, it only teaches that an offer of salvation was then made to those disobedient ones who had never before heard of Christ before their final judgment. It furnishes no comfort to those that have an opportunity and reject it in this life. It only shows that one opportunity is given to all. The other view is that Christ went in spirit in the person of Noah and by him preached to those who were afterwards held in prison on account of their disobedience. The first view seems more in harmony with the context. The second furnishes fewer theological difficulties. From the People's New Testament, Public Domain. Notice that last statement before we look at this more closely. The 
first view seems more in harmony with the context. The second furnishes fewer theological difficulties. This poses a question. How do we want to believe what is written here in Scripture? The view that is more harmonious with the context, or the view that poses fewer theological difficulties? Only you can decide for yourself how you will answer that last question. Now, digging in more. Notice what item 3 previously noted. It said, 3. Those spirits were in prison. The Greek word, phulek, used for prison, denotes a place of custody, not a place of punishment, which we know hell is. We know for certain that hell is an eternal end as well as an eternal punishment for unforgiven sin in our lives unless we give it all over to Christ for his forgiveness. Once one dies, if they are in hell, there is no further chance for reconciliation in Christ. Hell is a different place than the prison we are examining. Hence, we are talking about a holding place called, quote, prison, end quote. In hell, their eternity is now written in stone, so to speak, meaning it is final and unchangeable. That path is only changeable in this life until one dies when our choice, or lack thereof, is made final. Here, though, is something to note. People in this 120-year time period who did not receive Christ were caught in this prison that, again, was not hell. They did not hear about Christ, which is why they were there. Unlike hell, this is not a place of final judgment and punishment. This place was set aside for this very specific purpose. Further noting, 4. These spirits at one time were disobedient. This states why they were held in prison. So here we have the reasoning for this place. It is also a hint as to why it no longer exists. Yes, you heard me correctly. God, for whatever reasoning he had, placed these people here, and it was Jesus in spirit form that went to them in spirit form and brought salvation to them to receive or deny. Commentary further stated, If this view is correct, it only teaches that an offer of salvation was then made to these disobedient ones who had never before heard of Christ before their final judgment. Now, it is important to understand what is being said here. So, item 5 may grant us some clarity. It said, 5. The time of their disobedience is stated. It was while the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. 
This is an important fact to note. The 120-year time period was a catching of those who never heard of the eternal life afforded those who had heard the message of salvation in Christ. In this case, however, they heard the direct words of Christ in spirit form so they could have the same opportunity we all have today to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, even though they were in this place. It was not a 120-year pause in judgment on one's life of that day. It was the capturing of those who had not had an opportunity in those days to hear that Christ could save them from their sin eternally. Imagine the implication here at the very least. The people of this 120-year period waited in this lake or prison, a place of custody, which was not a place of punishment until many, many years later, when Christ not only came to the world, but died on the cross and then visited these people in this prison. While not eternal, they lived in custody, like we today hold people in jail until trial, for an extremely long time without any remediation or final judgment here in the United States. Even for us today, that is very difficult to imagine and even correctly understand. This 120-year gathering period, and then the time until Christ came in his Spirit to preach to them about the offer of salvation, was long. At the very least, this proves that every person born to this earth, no matter where on this earth you are born, will hear the words of salvation, giving them the opportunity to choose where they will spend their eternal life, of which we all presently have, regardless of our salvation state. We are eternal beings. The question is, where will we spend the rest of our life after Christ comes again and takes those who know him home? If we are not saved of Christ, the remainder of our life after death will be spent in the suffering of hell and not the joys of heaven. Now, to maintain understanding integrity, I will reread verses 19 and 20 with verses 21 through 22. They read, In it he went and preached to the spirits in prison, after they were disobedient long ago when God patiently waited in the days of Noah as an ark was being constructed. In the ark a few, that is eight souls, were delivered through water, and this prefigured baptism, which now saves you, not the washing off of physical dirt, but the pledge of a good conscience to God, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who went into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and powers subject to him.
This is about not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, not a mere external washing, however solemnly done. No outward ablution or purifying saves us, but that which pertains to the conscience. This important clause is thrown in to guard the statement from the abuse to which it would otherwise be liable. The supposition that baptism has of itself a purifying and saving power. To guard against this, the Apostle expressly declares that he means much more than a mere outward application of water. It is designed to mark the character of the baptismal rite in contrast with a mere external purification and evidently refers to something that occurred, some question, inquiry, or examination that took place then, and it would seem to imply, one, that when baptism was performed, there was some question or inquiry in regard to the belief of the candidate. Two, that the answer was expected, implying that there was a good conscience, that is, that the candidate had an enlightened conscience and was sincere in his profession, and three, that the real efficacy of baptism or its power in saving was not in the mere external rite, but in the state of the heart indicated by the question and answer of which that was the emblem. From Barnes' New Testament Notes. This is very clear that baptism is for the inward being and not the outer being. It is about the salvation of the soul and not the body, especially since we receive a new body when Christ returns to take us to heaven before the period outlined in the book of Revelation occurs, otherwise known as the tribulation. The physical baptism is the symbolic outward sign of the inward change that is eternal. The fruit of his patience in his voluntary, endured, and undeserved sufferings are a pattern to us. Proving against rationalists an actual material ascension, literally, is on the right hand of God having gone into heaven. The oldest manuscripts of the Vulgate and the Latin Fathers add what expresses the benefit to us of Christ sitting on God's right hand. Who is on the right hand of God, having swallowed up death, that we may become heirs of everlasting life, involving for us a state of life, saved glorious, and eternal. From Robert Jameson, A.R. Fawcett, and David Brown Commentary, Critical and Explanatory on the Whole Bible, 1871. Christ is sitting at the right hand of God the Father is a part of the proof that we will also, one day, be in heaven where our salvation will finally be fully realized. Christ sits at the right hand of God the Father because he swallowed up death that we may become heirs of 
everlasting life, involving for us a state of life, saved, glorious, and eternal. There it is, the bottom line for us today. When we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, our death is swallowed up, that we become heirs of everlasting life, which is a state of life. We are hence saved, glorious, and eternal. Next week, our episode is titled, Christ Concerned About the Will of God and Not Human Desires, Part 3. In this closing episode of the three-part series, we will read, The one who has suffered in the flesh has finished with sin, in that he spends the rest of his time on earth concerned about the will of God and not human desires. Wow! What a statement! How many people do you know are doing that? Just how does that work? Join us next week to find out. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation free version. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, our vision, our ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. If you would rather search for us, please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Churched, to find us on a podcast platform you like. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. 
Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.